Hello, and welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. At GVC, our mission is simple. It's to love God, love people, and love life. This year, we want to reach further into the glory and the presence of our God and experience Him like we never have before. This year is going to be different. Can you feel it? I know you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Here we go. Well, in regards to reaching, we said that in this season that the glory of God is coming back to the church. And so in doing so, we said that we're purposing to reach for more, reach for God, contend for and reach for the glory. But just to refresh your memory, just to help you understand what the word reach means, it means to extend or to stretch. So how many of you know that it's going to cause you to sometimes get outside of your comfort zone, right? For some of you this morning, coming up front and be praying, being prayed for was stepping outside of your comfort zone. But when you stretch, you're like, "Woo! I felt God, right? All right, we also said that in regards to stretching, or excuse me, reaching, that it is to draw near. God wants us to draw near. And God said this, he says, if you'll draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. See, oftentimes we're saying, God, draw near, draw near, draw near. And God says, wait a minute, I already took the first step, it's your turn. You draw near. And when you draw near, now I'll draw near. Number three is to arrive. It means that there's something that you are to possess or a destination. God wants to take you somewhere. Number four is to communicate with. Amen. Have you ever made this statement before? Hey, did you reach so-and-so? Again, looking to communicate with. And so God is looking for us to reach or to communicate with him. And lastly, number five, it is a measure or a measure to the limit or to be full. And so that's what God is looking to do in this hour is that he is looking to fill the church with his glory. Now, what is the glory? It is not just a goosebump. It's not just a warm, fuzzy feeling. But when we look at the scripture, the scripture actually gives us definition of what the glory is. In fact, if you recall, Moses, uh, he said to God, he says, God, I want to see your glory. And it says that God says, I'll show you my glory and I'll pass all of my goodness in front of you. So when the glory shows up, all of God's goodness comes with it. It's not just the goosebump. No, it's God's goodness. And if you recall last week, that's why we as a church can say glory. It's not just a religious thing that we do. It's not just something that we parrot. Oh, glory to God. No, it's glory to God. Why? Because of the goodness of who he is. And we're experiencing it firsthand. So here's what some definitions are concerning the glorious. To be heavy or loaded with every conceivable good. It means wealth, numbers, commerce, power, promotion, authority, favor, wisdom, superiority, dignity, nobility, magnificence, extraordinary privilege, and advantage. So there is so much in the glory of God. How, did, how many did you hear that it was the favor of God? The favor of God. Well, you know, if God be for you, who can be against you? So that means when you're going into the deal, when you're going into the job interview, when you're going uh, uh, somewhere where you're needing somebody to go to bat for you, the favor of God can go before you and be with you so that you have privilege when you get there. Amen. How many of you know that some of you aren't necessarily the best looking, 
But the glory of God can make you so appealing to whoever it is that you're going to see, whether it's the man or the woman or it's the job interview or whatever the case might be, right? Because how many of you know you look a whole lot better on the inside than you do on the inside because of what's on the inside of you? It's the glory of God. It's the presence of God. Amen? Amen. All right, so in regards to this, we said, again, just to make mention of this and realize to reach means to stretch. So if we don't stretch you, if I don't stretch you as a pastor, then you can never reach that next place of glory in your personal life, right? So are you ready to stretch this morning? Come on, say it with me. Say, I'm ready, pastor. All right, there's a few of you. All right. All right, so we saw that one of the definitions of glory was wealth. Did you know that when God's glory shows up, not only does he bring his goodness, but he also brings wealth or increase to your life. Do you remember the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, it says, And my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Right? Well, how many of you know that needs cost money? I have a need for a bill to be paid. I have a need for a doctor appointment. I, I have a need. Well, needs typically cost money. And therefore, the Bible says that God will supply your needs according to his riches in glory. And we get all offended when we talk about money in the church. But how many of you know that God wants your, his glory to be revealed and known in your life? And part of that is for the increase of his blessing in your home. In your life. And that way when people look at you and they say, wow, it just seems like you're doing so good. You're like, glory. <laughs> glory. Thank you. Right? So I want to challenge you in regards to this side of God's glory. That when God shows up, he brings wealth and increase to your life. And the very first mention of the word glory is in Genesis chapter 31, I believe it is, when God speaks of Jacob's wealth. So again, the very first mention of the word glory, it's connected to the wealth of Jacob. And how many of you know Jacob was God's man? How many of you God's man? Amen. I'll step up first in line and nobody else steps up. Hey, I'll, hey, I'll be your man, right? And God says, well, then I'll show you my glory. So let's look at this. In regards to the glory, God again brings blessing and increase and if that's the case, you know, many times, many times people say this. They'll say, if that's the case, if, God, if God's glory and His goodness helps bring increase and in wealth to my life, then how come it is that I'm always struggling for money? Has anybody ever had that thought before or heard somebody say that? Well, here's the deal. When people struggle financially, oftentimes it is not a money problem. I said oftentimes when people struggle financially, it's typically not a financial problem. Let me give you some things to think about here. Over the last nine months, during this whole COVID thing, our government said, you know, we're going to help the American people. We're going to put together a stimulus package and we're going to send out checks 
to the mass majority of the population. And obviously, again, there was some, some uh, uh, caps in that. You know, if you made so much money, excess of this, then you didn't get the stimulus. But by and large, the majority of the U.S. population received stimulus checks, right? And not only did they receive one, they just received another one recently. And so those stimulus checks uh, averaged in between $2,400 to $4,800 that people received free and clear. Didn't have to do anything to earn it. They just got the check in the mail. It was like, thank you, Uncle Sam, right? And then with all the things that are going on in the, uh, the, the nation and, and many people being on unemployment, they said, now, we're going to let you take unemployment, but we're going to add incentives to that. And so as a result, many people that were on unemployment, they made an additional ten dollars to $17,000 that they would not ordinarily have made. And many of those people, because the money was so good, they didn't go back to the regular jobs because I'm making more on unemployment than I did if I was going to work at my job, right? And it's money that they wouldn't necessarily or normally have in their hand, but it's just above and beyond, and then if you've heard our politicians, they've said this on the news. They've said, you know, we realize that a lot of these people that are receiving these monies and these stimulus checks, they really don't need it. They're still working. But one of the things that we're looking to do is that we're looking to stimulate the economy. If we give them money, they'll go spend the money, and therefore it will help the local commerce, right? At least that's what they told us. But here's the big question. In regards to all this money that people have received, my question for us is, is how many of us as God's people became creators rather than consumers when we received all this free money? When you received your stimulus checks, were you a creator or were you a consumer? You see, again, when we ask these questions, I wonder how many people took this extra money that they weren't looking for, but it just happened to be a blessing in their life. How many people took this excess money and actually started a business that would generate wealth? How many people took that money and started up an a, a, a investment portfolio? Because, man, I've got extra money that I wasn't expecting. Man, I can invest this, and I can use money to make money. Or maybe if I received this and I already had a portfolio, I added to my portfolio. Or, or maybe, maybe uh, I got this extra money, and I turned around, and rather than consuming it, I used it to, to get myself further out of debt, and I paid off debt. I paid off credit cards, Right? Or maybe we took this money and we took this money and actually invested it in ourselves for, for training or education so that it would benefit my life and it would produce more in my life. How many people actually took the money and said, you know what, I've got extra money, I can be a blessing to somebody else. Or how much of the church, when they received that extra money, that they weren't expecting, that it just came out of the blue, free and clear. How many people actually in the church said, I'm going to tithe off of that increase, or I'm actually going to give above and beyond my tithe? You see, once again, when we look at this position that we're in as a country, the question is, is are we doing anything to create wealth? It's really not a lack of money 
The problem that we're experiencing is really not a lack of money, but it's, it's, it's a, a poverty mentality. It's not lacking for opportunity. I'm not lacking because of skin color. I'm not, excuse me, I'm not lacking because of gender. Really, the reason why so many people lack, and especially in the church, is because they lack the opportunity to do something that creates wealth. And therefore, they continue this cycle of being consumers, and therefore, they stay in a position or a place of poverty. Does that make sense? So in other words, I'm well, uh, I'm well and I'm happy to receive the fish, but I'll reject the fishing pole. But when it's time to eat again, I start looking for somebody to blame because I'm hungry. Does that make sense? And so God's looking for us as his people. If we truly want to experience God's glory or his increase in our life, we got to think differently. And it's going to stretch our thinking to think outside of the box. Amen. Man, I tell you, I've been looking for different ways. I've been saying, God, show me some ways. How can we generate wealth? How can we use wealth to get wealth? Right? Because once again, it's just a matter of not being a consumer, but being a creator. If the glory is going to come back to the church, then that means that the goodness of God, the favor of God, the increase of God's wealth is going to come as well. But everybody say, I'm going to have to stretch. Say, I'm going to have to stretch. Say it with me. Come on. I'm going to have to stretch. Amen. All right. I see we're doing real good. Well, we might have to preach on this for another three weeks then. All right. Praise God. So we're going to have to stretch if we're going to see God do what he said he will do. Now, once again, I've already shared it with you, but in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, this is a verse that so many of us are familiar with, and obviously, and rightfully so, we champion it, and we're like, praise God, glory to God, that's awesome. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, what does it say? He says, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But we just saw that in order for the glory to be manifested, there has to be a stretch. We get all excited about this particular verse that says God will supply the need according to his riches. But if God is supplying the need and if the glory is present, then that means that there had to be something preceding that to generate the glory to show up and the need to be met. Say amen. 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 So what generated the wealth or the riches that supplied the need? Let's back up and look at Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 10. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. Remember, Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. But now, what produced this? Something had to generate or produce the glory. All right, wow, praise the Lord. I'm going to try this. I never do this. I always forget that it's up there. All right, so in verse 10, it says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again, through your sh- though surely you did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regards to need, for I have learned <clears throat> in whatever state I am in to be content to be content and to know how to abound, I know how to abound. Uh, everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, but to abound and to suffer need, or both to suffer need. 
Verse 13 says, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So hold it there for just a moment. So he says this. He said, now, I've gone through some things. I've gone through some lean times. I've gone through some times that I've been abounding. He said, but one thing that I've done is that I've learned how to exercise my faith to get through the good times and the hard times. Amen? And he says, now, in all things, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Verse 14. Nevertheless, you have done well that you share in my distress. Now you Philippines, uh, Philippians, he says, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church, no church, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in the Thessalonica, you sent aid once uh, and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Now stop for a moment and listen to that. He said this. He says, now, I'm talking to you about your generosity to me. You gave something to me to help me in my ministry and to live. He said, but now what I'm talking to you about, he said, I'm not talking to you only about your giving. Now, isn't that what happens when we talk about giving, when we talk about tithing, when we talk about offering? All of a sudden, we get a little bit ruffled because it's like, well, this money is leaving my life and I'll never see it again. No, did you see what the Apostle Paul says? He says, I talk to you not to seek the gift. I'm not trying to get it out of you. He said, but because you have been faithful, he says, I'm talking to you and I actually seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Remember, he said it just before. He says, no one shared with me concerning giving and receiving. So there's a giving part, but there is an expectation of a receiving part. And right here, he says, I'm expecting for you to receive fruit because of your generosity toward me. Are you seeing it? All right, let's go to verse 18. He says, indeed, I have all and abound and I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you. A sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Now, and my God, shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So what created the access or the avenue for the glory of God to produce the riches that met the need? It was their giving. Amen? It was their giving that generated God's ability to start increasing their life. And this is where we miss it oftentimes because in the stretch, in the reach, God is saying, I need you to do something to meet me, to seek me, and when you come after me, I'll meet you. Amen. And in this particular scenario, what he's talking about, to experience the wealth or the goodness of God, if you're wanting your life to increase financially, monetarily, business, and everything else, then God says, your generosity taps in to the glory. Amen. Say, I want to be generous. Amen. So, with that being said, I wanted to share with you some things from a personal standpoint. People have said this past year has been rough. And it has. 
There's been some ups and downs, and I know we've all faced some challenges in regards to that. But I just want to share some personal things with you just to help you see the goodness of God and how the glory of God will supply and meet all of your needs according to His riches and glory. So I don't know about you. I don't know your personal affairs concerning your finances or your giving and all that other stuff. But one thing that I do is I know about me. And so I want to share some things from my personal life. And the reason that I do this is to help encourage you to understand that this is a biblical principle. And if we'll exercise what God says, we shall see the glory. Amen. Now, I like to hear other people's stories because then it encourages my faith. It's like if God's no respecter of persons, if God will do that for you, he'll do it for me. So I hope you hear this today and I hope you'll, your ears will discern and hear this rightly. So guard your heart in what I'm getting ready to tell you, okay? All right, so in this particular past year, I've seen the goodness and the glory of God manifested in our life financially. In the mid part of this last year, uh, my wife and I, we started to look at just some of our assets and look at what we had. And so we decided and we had the privilege of being able to pay off our truck this year. We still had two more years to pay on the thing. But we had enough that we said, you know what, we're just going to pay off the, the balance. And I think it was around $7,000. And so we paid off the balance. And therefore, we're free and clear. No more car payment. Man, I'm telling you, if you've ever come to an end of a car payment, it's just like, hey, happy days. Man, that sucker's gone. Right? And so once again, we were able to pay off of our, our vehicle. And so once again, that was a blessing. Now, in this past year, uh, we had the opportunity to build a barn. Now, I've had it on my bucket list for the last 20 years to build a barn. And finally, my wife gave me the okay to have a barn built. I'm like, praise the Lord. It's not a big barn, but it's, it's sufficient. But we were able to pay cash for the barn to be built. And so everything that I store out there, in fact, she came out the other day and she said, you know, you had this all neat and tidy, but it's looking like a trash pit now. Well, it's a barn that's paid full and clear, so I can trash it if I want to. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. So we were able to purchase a barn. Another thing in regards to this particular, life, uh, this particular year, God had begun to speak to my wife. And I hate it when God talks to my wife about this kind of thing because she says, I believe we're, we're uh, in relationship with some other ministers. And my wife said to me, she says, I believe that the Lord said to give this amount of money to this ministry this year. And she said, it's... $5,000. I'm like, woman, hush your mouth. And she goes, well, she goes, you pray about it. And whenever she says pray about it, then she's like, rrr, rrr, rrr. so then I said, well, you know what? I believe it's right. Let's, let's purpose to do that. So we were in one particular meeting with these uh, 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 ministers. And in that particular meeting, we were able to give $2,500. And so we did. And then a few weeks later, or a few months later, we were in another, another meeting with them. And so we were able to give the other $2,500. Amen. And we did it with a, a, a joyful heart. Amen. Now, again, I'm not saying that, you know, when we were giving, it's just like, man, it's not, oh, dear God, there better be a God. Yeah, come on. Sometimes, you know, when you give and God stretches, you're like, okay, God. You know what I'm saying? But we did it. And then in regards to this particular past year, you know, Christmas time starts coming around and there's some individuals that have been a tremendous blessing to us. And so it was in our heart. And I said, hey, listen, I said, let's bless them. And uh, it was roughly around a thousand dollars. And so we blessed these individuals and they said, man, God, thank you for giving us the opportunity. 
And then my wife and I, we always go down to Tennessee the first week of the year. And there's a meeting that we go to. Our pastors are down there, uh, or they hold a meeting down there for a week. And so we always go down there. Well, there's the hosting church that, that hosts the meeting. And so they provide meals for all the ministers that come in. They provide lunch and they provide dinner every single day for the whole week. Now, we've hosted meetings before, and it's very expensive to bring in a minister because you've got all kinds of expenses, food, hotels, flights, and uh, then you've got the offering. And so we just know the burden that it takes to bring in ministers, not alone, you know, feeding all these people. So I said to my wife, we were in, I was in prayer, and I said, hey, babe, I said, the Lord said to me to, to send them $500 just to help cover the cost in their meals. We just want to contribute it before we even get down there. So when we got down there, uh, we had a wonderful meeting after sending that $500 the week before. And then while we were down there, then again in the offering, we gave another couple thousand dollars. And then, just last week, I'm up here praying. It was on Monday. I'm praying, and the Lord said to me, he says, I want you to bless your pastor. It's his birthday today, and he's got a, a, a ministry building that he's trying to build. And I want you to uh, uh, sow $1,000 toward his building project for his birthday. And I came and I told my wife that. I said, hey, I said, uh, the Lord said to me when I was over there praying, I said, he said to me, he said, give uh, uh, Pastor Mark $1,000 for his birthday to go toward the building. And she goes, did God really say that to you? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and she said, well, if he said it, we'll do it. And so I'm like, well, I better make sure. I'll go back and talk to God. So the next day, I come in here and I start praying again. And I start praying. And the Lord said to me, he said, give $1,000 to Pastor Mark for his birthday to go towards the building that is his dream. And he said, did I not tell you that if you will sow into a, a need, your needs will be met? He said, but didn't I also tell you that if you would sow into a dream, I would also meet your dreams? And man, I'm telling you what, I got so excited. Man, I come around this place, I start kicking and shouting. Wow, praise God. Glory. Why? Because I know that God's faithful. And I went back over to the office and I told my wife and she says, okay. And I said, man, I was over there, man. I praised with God. I said, I was even kicking. And then when I did that time, I wasn't in prayer. And so I wasn't in the glory. And so, man, I wrenched my back the next time I kicked. I'm like, ah! <laughs> but we sent the $1,000. Now, I did not share all that with you to say, look at what we did. Look at what we gave. Look at where we gave. Look at what we give. That wasn't my point. My point is, is that the giving that God led us to do, the things that God has done to bless us, has all been done with me not drawing any salary since last March. I have not taken a check from church since last March. But God has been faithful. Why? Because he said, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. But can I trust you? Will you be a conduit? If I can get it through you, I can get it to you. Amen? Now let me take that a step further. In your church and in your life, this past year concerning our church, it's been a little bit strained just because of attendance and obviously giving by and part that's why I just chose not to take a paycheck and so over this past year God has always met the need regardless now in 2019 there was an individual that came to this church 
And when he came to the church, I think he only came once, maybe twice. I can't remember. It was at least once, maybe twice. He came to the church, but when he came to the church, he never sat in the church. He always got up and he stood out in the atrium and talked to the ushers. I never saw him again after 2019. Then in 2020, after all the pandemic stuff started to happen, I got this crazy text. And this text said, how's the church finances? I'm like, I don't know who's texting me. This It's not a number. It's not registered in my phone. It don't have a name on it. And I was like, who is this? Well, this is so-and-so. And I still didn't know who so-and-so was. And so I said, uh, well, I said, nice to hear from me. I said, but I don't talk finances with people that are not church members concerning the church. And left it at that. And didn't hear nothing back. And so then I, I talked to one of the ushers. I'm like, hey, what was that guy's name? And they said, this was his name. I'm like, oh, yeah, he just got a hold of me. I'm like, okay, now I know who that guy is. Well, then a short time after that, I got this text again. He says, hey. Uh, I think I can be a help. He says, I think I can help you grow your church. I said, really? I said, well, listen. I said, if you've ever grown a successful ministry and pastored an awesome church that's, that's been successful, man, I'll take any help you can give me. And then he wrote back and he says, well, no, I've never pastored a church or anything like that. I'm like, oh. I said, well, where are you going to church? Oh, nowhere. I said, go. And then he writes back and he says, but I really like your church. Your church is an amazing church. And he said, and I'd just like to help if I can. I said, well, how do you want to help? He said, well, I just, I'll, I'll send you a check. I'm like, okay. Well, a week or two went by, I never saw anything. And then finally, he shows up at the office. He says, hey, I just wanted to bring by that check. I'm like, okay. And I can't remember the amount of it, but he brought the check. And I'm like, well, I said, let's try to cash this as quick as we can. <laughs> so we cashed the check, and it cleared. And then he called me back a little bit later, and he says, hey, he says, I just want to bring by another check. And I said, well, I said, I'm over at the house working, because that was when we were trying to get the house ready for sale. And I said, I'm over here working. I said, if you want to come over here, I'll be over here. So he comes over, and he starts, you know, talking, looking around. And he said, hey, here, here, by the way, here's that check. And I'm like, well, thank you. And he says, you know, I really like your church. He said, but you know, he said, if you did this, and you did this, and you did this, he said, you know, you'd probably grow the church. I said, well, if you like my church so much, I said, how come you don't come? He says, well, because you don't have a youth. And I said, well, we're working on that. And I said, you know, this is how we'll do it. He said, well, yeah. He said, but, you know, you need to have something for youth during the actual service. I said, well, we just believe that if they're youth, if they're a teenage year, that they need to be in the service to where they can experience worship, that they can hear from their pastor. We just believe that that's necessary. And therefore, we can also set up another youth group. I said, hey, listen, if you want to be a part of that, listen, we'll, be, we'll open arms. Come on and help me. And he said, well, no. He says, I don't want to go to that kind of church. He said, I want a church. So in other words, he wanted a church to be done his way. And I'm like, well, okay, you know, thanks. Praise God. And he said, well, here's that check. And he left. And then he called me up a little bit later, said, hey, listen, I just want to see if you, you, you need some more money. I'm like, well, we can always use more money. So he came back by, brought me a check again. He's over there at the house, and he's telling me, he said, man, I really like your church. He said, man, I just love to get, he said, I think I can help you. And I said, really? I said, well, what do you want to do? He said, what do you need me to do? I said, well, this coming uh, weekend, I said, we're having a church cleanup day. You can come and help us clean up the yard. He said, well, I think I'm busy that day. I'm like, well, okay. He said, well, is there anything else that I could probably help you with? I said, well, there's a paintbrush over there. If you want to help me, we can, we can get this thing done. He said, well, no, I'm really, I'm not here for a very long time. I got to go. So, and, he, and so he just always kept on, you know. He was just that kind of guy. And then I lost contact, never heard back anything from him. But do you know that that one individual gave several thousand dollars to this church? Didn't necessarily want to come to this church. 
but he was a blessing to the church. Amen. And then, just this past fall, if you was with us, you'll recall that we were having great difficulty with our uh, uh, video and just a lot of things that it was glitchy and it was just, it was horrible. I mean, it was painful. I mean, I am like sweating on the front row. I'm just like, this is terrible. So finally, we presented it to you all and said, hey, listen, we need to get a new computer and we need to get another uh, projector and we need it ASAP, man. We need it now. And so we figured the cost was about $5,000 and we talked about it for, gosh, week after week. We need some help. Can you help us? Can you help us? Can you help us? Can you help us? And I think maybe $200 came in after about a month and, you know, it wasn't looking good. And then there was a couple that came in. On the last weekend that I was going to even mention anything about it, a couple came in, first time at the church, heard me talking about the projector and the computer. They dropped a check in the offering for $5,000 and have not been back. Amen. Now, I'm just like you when I look around and say, man, how come some people came and how come they're not here? How come we've had people come and go? But I want you to understand something. Whether it's the church or it's your own personal life, there are people that will be there for a season to be a blessing to you, to usher in what God needs to get to you. And you might look around and say, where did they go? How come they're not here? And you can get all bummed out and this bummed out of shape because, man, what's going on? But God had them there only for the specific purpose on assignment to bless you and get you over the hurdle because he said, I said I would supply your needs according to my riches and glory. So I showed up. Amen. So if God can do it for a church, he can do it for you because this is what he said. He said, if you give, it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall I cause men to give back into your life? So God is not going to send you a check uh, from heaven. He's not going to send it to uh, a FedEx or any other way. He's going to use people to meet your need. Amen. But how do you tap into the glory? You've got to be a giver. Amen. And so I hope you hear this morning. This is by no means any which way to try to twist your arm. I just want to encourage you that the glory of God is available for you. And when the glory shows up, he supplies your need. But to the greater degree that you want to experience the glory in your life, it's going to cause you to stretch. Whether it's time, talent, treasure. You realize if you want to see God in the glory or see God's glory in your prayer time, you'll have to spend time in prayer. It'll cost you. If you want God's word and the glory of God's word to be real in your life, you'll have to spend time reading his word. It will cost you. If you want to see God's riches show up in your life, it will cost you. It, it, it will be a, an act of obedience to be a tither and a giver. Amen. Praise God. And so this year, I know we say it all the time, but this year, as for me anyways, the glory's coming back big time. Amen. And so don't be mad. I'm just telling you, okay? Don't be mad when you start seeing me look a little bit different. Did you see what pastor was wearing? Listen, I'm not going to be offended or be moved by what you think. You understand what I'm saying? Did you see pastor? And again, I, well, my wife, she needs to get a new vehicle. 
Did you see what pastor's wife is driving? Is it really necessary for her to drive that kind of car? Isn't that a little bit extravagant? Listen, man, if you knew how awesome my wife was, if you only knew how much of a blessing she was to you, man, I'm telling you what, she's sacrificed, she's always given me the good car, and she's always taken the the junky one. She's, oh, man, don't get me off on that. Amen. But are you hearing what I'm saying? God's good. And so begin to look for God's goodness. Don't take it for granted. When blessing comes, recognize it's the glory of God. If somebody says, hey, can I take you to dinner? Glory. Hey, listen, I just wanted to bless you here. Glory. Right? Because God's going to meet your needs. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Let me just declare a blessing over you as you leave today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every single person that's here today. I thank you that, Lord, they're not here by accident. I thank you that upon hearing the word, faith comes. God, the blessings of what I've shared today is not to brag on man, but to brag on God. And I hope that every single person heard the goodness of God. And so, God, I thank you that this year you're stretching us beyond and you're increasing us beyond our wildest dreams. And just as we sang this morning, your favor, your goodness is not only to our house, but to our children and our children and to many generations. And God, we give you all the thanks and praise. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Well, that's it. Do you feel the glory? Do you feel the filling? I know you do. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and come back next week for God to move on your behalf again. Want to know more? Check us out online and our social media, all from our website, gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, and loving life.